Hey there, I'm Matt Tommy, and over the last 10 years, I've helped thousands of Christian artists all over the world start thriving spiritually, artistically, and in the marketplace, while at the same time building my own super successful art business. If you're ready to bust through the roadblocks that have held you back for years, create the work you love, and really live the life you know God created you to live in His kingdom, then you're in the right place, my friend. Now with over a million downloads, you're listening to the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. Well, hey, friends, really glad that you are here with us on the Thriving Christian Artist podcast today. Got a brand new friend who is a fellow musician, although much, much, much more accomplished than I. Gina Morgano is here. And Gina, so glad that you're here with me. Welcome. Hi, thanks for having me, Matt. Absolutely. Absolutely. I was just having the best time. I was telling just telling you a minute ago, listening to your voice on YouTube and seeing all the great things that that you're up to, but for those folks who are just getting to know you, why don't you take just a minute and kind of let us know what your world looks like, and we'll kind of jump into some of your backstory in a minute. So, Sure. Thanks so much. So I am a vocalist and a voice teacher. I host the Practice Parlor podcast about practices that shape artists' lives on stage and off. I've created a practice planner, so that's my world. How awesome. How awesome. Now, if you're like me, you probably started singing i guess when you're like out of the womb so <laughs> what does that music story look like for you as, as you grew up yeah so i actually started playing the piano when i was a toddler and i was fortunate enough to go to a school district that had a thriving performing arts program nice. so i picked up other instruments along the way the violin the clarinets and then right around high school age i shifted my focus to the voice and singing Wow. So you went to then, I guess, university for that and on to advanced degrees and that sort of thing. And did I know a lot of people, my mom was a choral music director for 40 plus years. So she always had this tension, like, am I a performer? Am I a teacher? I mean, do you kind of identify as one or the other or you, you love both or? I love both. I, I mean, my heart is so in performing, but also I was so fortunate to have amazing teachers growing up who shaped my life. And so yeah. I love being able to give back in that way and help other people find their voice. Yeah. And I think for all creatives, I mean, we all have to kind of do a little bit of everything nowadays, right? <laughs> nowadays, what do they call it now? It's, 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 a, it's a cool thing to say multiple streams of income, but used to that just was like how you made it, right? You had to have yes. <laughs> multiple streams coming in, but I, I think that's great. So, well, cool. Well, so, you know, I was thinking about this as we were getting ready for this podcast, and I saw a quote the other day by Flannery O'Connor, and I thought this would set what you want to talk about and what we want to talk about today up so beautifully. She said this, she said, my faith is not what I write about or what I paint about, but it's the light by which I see. Isn't that good? That's beautiful. It's like, oh, <laughs> And, you know, I know that you're passionate not only about your faith, but about walking as a person of faith in the marketplace and your business and, you know, all the things that you're doing. But like a lot of us, you know, you don't want to necessarily have to always feel like you have to put that label on there. And I've, I've been hopefully teaching artists to do that in the visual arts realm for a lot of years. But I know you're really passionate about that as well, because it's one thing to to live as a believer and to, to have a, a testimony that that shapes who you are and shapes the way that, that you live. But obviously in this world, if, you know, if that label is on our forehead or in the, in the forefront of what we're doing, many times that can cut off any opportunity that we have to, 
to develop relationship and be who God's called us to be. So when did you, I guess let's kind of ramp up to it. When did you start to realize that that was something that you had to, to really manage and, and walk through in your life and how has the Lord helped you to begin to, to walk in that way in a real authentic manner? So when I went to elementary school, we moved to this new school district and it just happened to be an elementary school that had a lot of Jewish people in the neighborhood. Yeah. So right from the get go, my very best friends, many of them were Jewish. They were not Christian. Right. And so I was surrounded by different faiths growing up. And, you know, I look back on my life at the people that I've encountered and some of the people who I most admire and who most exemplify the values that I share. And I would even say, like, my Christian values are not Christian. Yeah. And so you know, yes, I sing in church and I perform Christian repertoire and sacred repertoire, but I, my work and my art and my life is for everybody. It's not just for people who identify as Christian. So um, it's sort of built into my DNA, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I think for some people that comes easier for some people that's harder, depending on the background that, that you came from. I remember for me growing up in the Bible belt and uh, did you grow up, you're from, you're living in New York right now, I guess, right? Is that um, right now I'm in Pittsburgh. I grew up in Pittsburgh okay. and I was in New York. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So growing up in the Bible belt for me, I mean, it was like, you know, everybody I knew was a Christian, went to church, all of that. And when I moved here to Asheville, North Carolina, several years back, very, very artsy town, um, not an overtly, you know, Christian ethos, if you will, that sort of thing. And I remember kind of being freaked out about that. And uh, I remember the Lord told me one day, because I was like, what if people find out who I am? And, you know, all this, all this other stuff that I'm doing and, and, you know, just kind of turn me off relationally from, you know, from that perspective. And I remember the Lord saying, Matt, you do the loving and I'll do the changing. And I thought, wow, that is, that is so good. Because as a creative, I mean, cre our creativity opens the door for relationships in ways that, you know, just talking to people or trying to share your faith, you know, never would. So how does that work out in your life? How do you, you know, are, are you thinking about that every day consciously or are you trying to live from a place that like Flannery O'Connor said of your faith is the light by which you see? I mean, how is that playing out for you on a, on a daily basis? Yeah. So one of my favorite, most life-changing books is Simon Sinek, Start With Why. Mm -hmm. And I went through that why discovery process and what I came up with as far as my why is to honor the light in each person so that together we can build a bridge to the divine. Mm. And that's sort of the lens that I see the world through is that I want to see the good and see the best in every person that I come across and help them to see that good in themselves. And if we all can do that, then we're creating a better world. We're creating a world that is closer to heaven on earth, that is closer to this godly world that we envision as Christians. Yeah. And it's not that I have to be like speaking about being a Christian all the time mm -hmm. or, um, you know, singing Christian songs. Uh, but whatever I do, I want to live by my values and I want to see the good in each person. Yeah. I often talk about embracing the mystery. And I think, you know, as visual artists, I've been in that realm for, I guess, most of my recent life, but although musician as well, but, you know, you create a piece or maybe you create a song or a book or whatever it is, and you have, 
intention for it because you came out of this place of, you know, inspiration and connection and that sort of thing. And you so want people to get that. But I think being an artist is so much about embracing that mystery and allowing your own self to be able to release this creative project into the world, this song, this performance, this whatever it is into the world and let the viewer and the listener uh, have the experience that they need to have. And uh, is that easy for you? Is that hard? It's hard for me sometimes. <laughs> oh, is, that, is yeah. that easy or hard for you? Or is that something that you're always kind of having to let go or what? Yeah, no, it's something I think we're always working on as yeah. artists. But, you know, if you think of creation and the creator, and we are this vessel of creativity, we are yeah. co-creators, we are, um, we have an ability to create a better world. And so that's, that's such a gift. And that's something that I think artists can tap into really well, but that every person has that gift, that every person has creativity within them and the ability to change things for the better. Yeah, absolutely. You know, we talk about on this podcast a lot in some of my books, the idea of that comes out of Exodus 31 of, you know, Bezalel was both filled with the spirit of God and skilled in every manner of workmanship as kind of the, the first artist other than God in the Bible, you know, and um, how do you really balance that in your life? This idea that you can be passionate and called by God to be an artist and be somebody that is going after this divine design, if you will, in, in your life. And at the same time, that doesn't mean that things are going to happen on autopilot just because you may feel cold and, and passionate. There's also this, this skilled side of things as well, that where you're having to put your hand to the plow, as it were, every day and, and develop the skills that you need and that sort of thing. For you, I know skill development has been a multi, multi-year, if not decades, journey. How's your faith helped to sustain you and, and grow you in that process? Oh, that's such a great question. I think especially, you know, when I was living in New York, I was surrounded by my peers and my colleagues and there's just so much rejection. That city is so competitive Yeah. and we're working on our craft or working on our skill, working to get better. And we're just met with no, 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 no. And it can be so hard to get down on yourself and to start feeling bad about yourself and to yeah. lose your faith. And my faith is really, it. it's what, sustains me. It's what keeps me through. It's believing that if I do my part, then things will work out for the better that I will be able to connect. I will be able to make an impact. I will, you know, be able to experience some of the joys that I'm hoping to, right. Um, all of that, but we have to do our part, right. We can't just like sit back and right. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that, though, because they're like, God called me to be an artist or I feel that, you know, so passionate, like everything's going to come down in one little, you know, wrapped up, you know, uh, present or whatever. I had a, a mentor of mine tell me often, he said, you know, God gives us a diamond, but it's in a lump of coal. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of chipping away and hacking and polishing and, and you know, faceting the diamond that has to has to take place before it ever really starts to shine in our life. And uh that's that's always a challenge for for all of us, I think, to find that place of feeling where you're cooperating with the Holy Spirit and him opening doors and and uh, and all of that. But at the same time, doing the work that you have to do, like you like you said, what you know, I I really am a, a big journaler and love taking just I mean, I'm a big worshiper. I love being in God's presence and that sort of thing. Those those practices for me, uh, even walking in the woods as an artist that uses natural materials and that sort of thing can really be a spiritual experience for me. Are there 
are there practices in your life that have become sort of rhythmic as you uh, engage the Holy Spirit in your creative process and just your life as a creative? Yes, absolutely. I am also a huge journaler and stationary lover and planner. Uh, Val Marie Paper makes these prayer journals that I love. And so I keep one by my bed and I'll just write things down as I come to them. Yeah. I love doing Julia Cameron's The Artist's Way. So I'll actually put my morning pages in that prayer journal. Um, I also love to take walks and I've noticed that quieting the noise is so important. So making sure that at least once a week, if not more, I'm taking a walk where I'm unplugged. I'm not listening to music and listening to podcasts, um, really just finding time to be quiet and to reflect and to, um, to pray, but also just to, to get things out of my head and onto paper uh, so that I can clear my mind. And I feel like that's when the creativity comes is in the quiet moments. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I love journaling as well. I mean, just this cathartic kind of thing. If you can not judge what you're writing, but just let it flow. <laughs> and I was actually talking to somebody in our mentoring program the other day, and they were saying, you know, as they feel like God is speaking to them in their journaling, they change uh, the color of their pen that they're writing with. And I was like, oh, that's so cool. You know, to be able to go back and kind of see, what do I feel like me is me? What do I feel like is the Holy Spirit speaking to me and that sort of thing? But I think, yeah, it, it's just beautiful how that, I think, can be a pressure release valve for all of us in our life and uh, a place of centeredness. So I know you're a really big person that has core beliefs in your life that really sort of try to, you know, anchor you in, in, in all the things that you're doing, not only, you know, connection with the Lord, but this idea that everybody has a voice, everybody has something that that really matters in their life and that everybody should be <laughs> cultivating that in their life, that creative uh, side of them. So how, how is that, those, those core beliefs, how are those playing out in the work that, that you do and how you show up in the world? Yeah. Well, I mean, first of all, as a teacher, right, that's what I, I help people try to find their voice and amplify their voice. And um, I like to say, you know, tune into their inner voice and mm -hmm. let that sing. Because so often as musicians, we can become focused on our outer voice, on yeah. instrument that we play, our, our output. But it's really about bringing and tapping into that inner core, knowing and being in creativity and bringing that out into the world mm -hmm. so that it can have a ripple effect on other people. Yeah. Yeah. How do you... You know, when you talk about your inner voice, um, what do you think that looks like for you? Are there are there words that come to mind or are there characteristics that come to mind with you? Like for me, I think about myself as an, an artist. I love natural materials. I love the earth. I love nests and pods and all, you know, all of these sort of things. When you think about your your unique voice as an artist, what what does that mean for Gina? Oh, wow. So a couple of things come to mind immediately. Um, the first is a feeling, a feeling of lightness and expansion versus constriction. Mm. I tend to be very anxiety prone. So if I find myself going there, that is very different than if I feel light and open. That's sort of a sign that that's my inner voice telling me that's a good direction to go. Yeah. Uh, the other thing is that in my work, I try to keep things very positive. So I try to choose songs and material that are about hope, that are about messages of healing and comfort and, and these uplifting messages. Yeah. Um, 
So I'm, I'm very, very intentional about the projects that I take on, the pieces that I choose to sing. Yeah. Um, the other thing is that I love classics. I love classic literature. I love the Victorian time period. And I'm really big on drawing connections mm. between things, but also between time periods. Um, I believe a classic always offers something new. And so when we can pull those threads and those connections, I feel like that is my creative voice. Yeah, that's beautiful. I'm interested, you know, we, I really feel very called to help artists connect their art life, business life, and spiritual life kind of, you know, together in this holistic approach. And I know one of the things that is always a struggle for, especially for emerging artists is this idea of balancing what we just talked about a minute ago, these multiple streams of income that are often necessary to, as you're getting started and that sort of thing, take us through if, if you're comfortable in doing that, you know, what your time looks like on a weekly basis, on a regular basis, what, how much time are you giving to your musical practice versus the development of other courses and teaching things that you're doing versus performing? Because I think, you know, having a window into people's world is often helpful to, to say, oh, okay, this like, I often tell artists, you know, hey, listen, if you're a visual artist, 50% of your time is making and 50% of your time is marketing what you make. And they're like, oh, I'm not overworked. Like this is normal, you know? So, so what is what does your normal look like as you're balancing all the different things that, that make your life possible right now? Yes, well, I shall first say that I do not have it all figured out. I am <laughs> None of us do, right? <laughs> So I, I agree with you. So I, right now I teach two days a week and then I spend the other days working on my singing projects and working on the business admin marketing side. I agree wholeheartedly that at least 50% needs to go to marketing and I cannot say that I am there yet. <laughs> um, it is, it's definitely, as my friend Annalisa Lemming says, a balancing act. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's it's trying to find that sweet spot where you're you're doing the things that you need to do, but you're also staying inspired creatively and, and that sort of thing. So it's um it's always a challenge for all of us. So Gina, I love the work that you're doing. I love that you're just right in the middle of it and, and trying to make this thing work like all of us and trying to listen to the voice of the Lord and do the things that he's that he's called you to do. I know folks are going to want to connect with you and uh, grab your new planner. Talk about the planner real quick because I love that. I saw it on your website. I was like, oh my gosh, our people are going to just love this. So what's that all about? And then where can folks uh, connect with you for, for future connections? So, Thank you so much. Yeah. Well, the, the practice planner was designed, as I mentioned, I love stationery and journaling. Yeah. And I was looking for a planner devoted to practice that was elegant. It was geared towards a professionally minded artist, not a, a little kid. Um, so I created one. And there are daily practice pages and weekly reflections where you can actually map out what you're working on, reflect on your learning so that you can go back to it and remember these aha moments that you have. And then there's also a prep work section and that includes things like alignment and self-care and goal setting. So that you're really going into your month of practice with intention and purpose. Um, so that is there. You could people can download a free daily page. My website is ginamorgano.com and I'm on Instagram and Facebook and YouTube at Gina Morgano. Awesome. And we'll put all those links in the show notes so that 
everybody can see it across all the the webinet. <laughs> all the, all, I think I just made that word up. It's like the internet and the web and the the web of us. I don't know, but it's going to be down there. So anyway, well, Gina, thank you so much for being on today. And uh, we'll be sure to send all our folks over to see what you're doing and, and to connect with you and hopefully get rid of a lot of those planners, get them in people's hands so that they can begin to live their best life and, and live the life God designed for them. So thanks so much. You're an inspiration and I'm, I'm glad you're on today with me. Thank you so much, Matt. It's been great to chat with you. Hey, thanks so much for spending a few minutes with me today on the podcast. Listen, I hope it's been a huge encouragement to you on your journey as an artist. Hey, also, before you leave, make sure to hit the subscribe button so you don't miss any of the other episodes of the Thriving Christian Artist Podcast. And also, be sure to connect with me on Facebook, Instagram, or at my website, which is matttommymentoring.com. Until next time, remember, you were created to thrive. Bye-bye.